Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show, and uh, I trust you've had a phenomenal week in sales and looking forward to a restful weekend and getting ready to reload into a brand new week next week. And as we finish the week, I wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you for plugging in to the podcast. Really appreciate uh, really appreciate the feedback I'm getting, the notes on LinkedIn, emails, text messages, phone calls. Uh, really appreciate that feedback and hopefully it's adding value to you as a sales letter on your journey on your quest to become an exceptional sales letter. And always remember, there's always another level to get to. So even if you've quote-unquote made it, uh, there is another level to get to. So um, really hope that it's adding value, but also adding value to your team. So a lot of the stuff I talk about uh, is equally applicable to your team, uh, particularly if you've got people in your team who you've identified as uh, likely successes to you. So I remember years ago when I first started in my very first sales leadership gig, I went from being a peer in a sales team to taking over that sales team. And uh, Danny, my very first general manager, said, welcome to the bottom rung of the ladder. But the second question he asked was, who is your likely successor? So uh, if you're looking for a replacement of yourself, and this is something that all sales leaders should be doing, and it's not a case of you wanting to leave the organization, but it's one of the key responsibilities that we do have as a leader, and particularly as a sales leader, to identify who is the likely successor that we can groom and get prepared to take over and continue on the good work that hopefully we're doing in the platform that we've that we've created. So in today's podcast, uh, I'm not going to talk about succession plans. Today, I want to talk about uh, productivity. And it's a topic that uh, I've had a few conversations this week and, and most recently yesterday with a client in relation to, uh, it's not, it's not, I don't like calling it time management. It's probably proactive, proactive priority management, if you like. Uh, but I want to take a slightly different slant today and just ask a question to help you think about this for yourself and maybe contemplate this over the weekend or when you're doing your reflection, just think about this particular question. That is around your energy cycle. Now, everybody has an energy cycle. We've got 24 hours in the day and uh, you know, as well as I do, that there'll be some days, some times during the day where you are more energized than others. Now, a lot of that might be well, be determined, if you like, by uh, what you've got happening, what you did last night, how much sleep you got, and all that sort of stuff. But typically, on average, there'll be certain times throughout the day where we have higher levels of energy than others. And when we think about this, it's we've got so many demands on us as leaders. There is so much information coming at us every single moment of every single day, whether it be from team members, from customers, from peers, from senior leaders, from the board, uh, from your own family and even from yourself in terms of the expectations you've set for yourself. There's just so much expectation being placed upon us and it's easy to get ourselves tied up in knots because there's so much that we need to get done in what amounts to be a really limited amount of time. Now, if we had 25 or 26 hours available to us in the day, guess what? We will still use all of that time up and still wouldn't get everything done that we need to get done. And particularly today in, in the instant gratification society that we live in, people's expectations have got even higher in terms of they want their phone call returned now. Sometimes people will send an email and then they'll follow up with a phone call to say, hey, did you get my email? So they want instant or instant responses, which can be very, very frustrating, but also can be quite detrimental to our ability to be productive in the things that we need to get done. 
Now, proactivity here is an absolute is the absolute key. And I'm going to say that if we're not diarising things, in fact, if we're not diarising every activity that we do, then we're doing ourselves and our teams a disservice. Now, that's not to say that we won't be doing some ad hoc things, but we need to be able to diarise in our calendars time that we can allocate for these ad hoc type activities because what will happen is time will get away from us. There's a law that I use a lot when it comes to meetings and productivity when I'm teaching this to teams and to leaders is there's a law called Parkinson's law which determines that what we do is we will expand the work we have or the meeting we've got, the content we have, and we'll expand that to fit in a time that's been predetermined. So for example, if we've got an hours long meeting scheduled and we've got content to cover in that hour, uh, we will continue to come up with content and sometimes we'll have things like general business on a meeting agenda so that we can expand that to meet the time frame. Rather than saying, you know what, I've allocated an hour from a meeting, but if it only takes 15 minutes, guess what? I've now got 45 minutes back into my diary that I can now go and do something else. We don't tend to do that. And so what I'm, what I'm getting more and more of my clients to do is be really, really particular with how they diarize things. Because I've got some clients who have been working you know, 12, 14, 16, some up to 18 hours a day based on the expectations that have been placed upon them by their, by their business, by their leaders, by their senior leaders in particular, and it's not, it's not sustainable. It is getting to the point where at some point they're going to be overwhelmed and they'll be burnt out. And so in today's society, and this is especially, this is especially relevant right now in today's society, given that we've got such a hybrid working condition for most of us around, or certainly in Melbourne, uh, probably less so in other parts of, of Australia, uh, but haven't been affected as much by COVID, but we are doing more and more work from home. So for a lot of people, particularly for leaders, the, the gap between home and work is a lot narrower now, and people find themselves just keep keeping the laptop open, still working at 9, 10 o'clock at night, and having started work at 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, and it's not sustainable, team. It is simply not sustainable. So we need to get better at auditing our time, but also tuning into where are our energy cycles at and where are we most productive so that we can get more done in the time that we've got allotted and give ourselves some time to rest, recuperate, recover, which is absolutely critical, as we've talked about a lot on this particular podcast. And so one of the things that um, I really suggest we do is, as part of reflection, and just to get a sense of where you're at for you in terms of how much time you're spending on certain things, do a bit of an audit. So take the last week or maybe the last two weeks, if it's a standard type of uh, time window for you, and just look at all of the activities and all the tasks and all the projects that you did. And just write them down. And if that means looking at your diary, because there might be a lot of stuff in your diary, then do that. Because it's a, it's a really important uh, exercise to know where you're actually spending your time. It's interesting when you speak to people and say, has, so how much time did you spend on outbound phone calls last week, right? So talking to a, a sales team. How much time do you actually spend on, on the phone talking to prospective customers and qualifying them and so forth? And they said, oh, you know, at least more, out of a 40-hour week, we'd spend at least 20 hours a week doing that which is about 50%. But when you actually look at it and you analyze it, they would spend nowhere near that. In fact, there's probably only about 15 to 20% of that entire 40-hour week do they spend actively on the phone. So all the other time is caught up doing other things that potentially are not important, but they think it is, but it's not actually driving the needle forward. And therefore, it's potentially causing some reductions in productivity and not leading to the results they're looking for. So the first key thing to do is to look at what are the activities we're doing? How am I spending my time? Do a bit of an audit for yourself. Because we've only got 24 hours in the day, or as I always talk about, 96 15-minute increments. And if you break your day up into 15-minute increments, you start to get really, really granular 
on how time is precious, first of all, but how you're going to use your time in the most effective way. And I often ask our clients to consider this question when they've got a bit of a choice to do or when they find themselves doing something, that there's something in the back of their mind that's thinking, oh, I really should be doing this project or I've got this other big thing I need to be focused on. Always ask the question, is this, is this right now the very best use of my time? If the answer is yes, by all means, keep doing it. If the answer is no, stop and do something different, right? And reprioritize and make sure you're working on the things that will move the dial forward. And so that's the first thing. Think about what is your what is your week look like? What's the last two weeks look like? And where have you been spending your time? The second thing, we've talked about this as well, and I'm not going to give you a huge dissertation on uh, the importance versus urgency matrix, but it's a really important tool and a really powerful tool to really take all of those activities you're working on, all those priorities, and really putting it through the filter of, okay, which ones are important and which ones are urgent? Because very quickly, you'll be able to work out where your priorities really should be lying, and it gives you some information about any conversations you might need to have with somebody else who may be telling you that this particular project or this particular task is really, really important. And so thinking about that in combination with the concept that we've talked about also around big rocks, and big rocks is really about those most important things you need to get done, that uh, thinking about how you actually filter all that down and then think about, okay, how much time can I allocate each of these so that I give myself every opportunity of making progress on the important projects that need to be moved forward, which means that other things potentially get put to the side, and that's perfectly okay. And so once you've done that, we then look at the energy cycle and say, okay, in a 24-hour period, uh, where is my energy levels typically going to be in each hour? So if you break up 24 hours in one-hour increments and you just set up like a graph, so across the bottom axis or horizontal axis, you have the hours uh, from nine, some, well, from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. if you like, or 12 a.m., what is it, 12 a.m. to 12 a.m., which is 24 hours, or if you just want to do it in the working hours, your typical working hours, just put that across the bottom bottom axis. Up the horizontal axis, you're going to put the. This is where the energy levels are going to be. So uh, down the bottom of the of the vertical axis, it'll be zero, 50% halfway, 100% at the top. And so what you'll do is you'll just think about okay, at each hour throughout the day when you're working, at what level what level do you think your energy is going to be? And just plot it out on a graph. Now be really really granular about this and be really uh, honest about this. This is a really important exercise because it's personal to you. Now, as a leader, it's really important that you know when you're going to be at your best to therefore look at all of those priorities that you've made important and all those big rocks to then map, okay, where am I going to be focused my attention on these big rocks? Uh, where is it going to be? Well, it's going to be based on where my energy is the highest and therefore I'm going to be the most productive. There's no use doing high strategy work late afternoon if your energy is really, really low because you're not going to be in the best frame of mind and I guarantee you, you're not going to have really good ideas and really great strategies come to the forefront of your mind and you'll just be blowing time. You'll just be wasting time, which is not what we want to do. Now, prime example is this. I was talking to a client yesterday and he was saying that he actually woke up at four o'clock yesterday morning and there'd been some projects and some work that he needed to get done, but he'd been delaying it for a little while and he was always getting to it. But he said, you know what? I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and I wasn't tired because I had a really good sleep. And I thought, bugger, I've got to get this thing done. So in a couple of hours, he managed to put a strategy together, write some emails, get some messaging done and send it out. And he said the sense of accomplishment that he felt was just phenomenal because he was really, really fresh. And the great thing that he found that after doing that, he now had a huge amount of energy ready to start the day and come in to make a difference for his team. So he was really, really clear on when he was going to be 
uh, higher in terms of his energy levels. And for him, it happened to be uh, in the morning. Now, I remember years ago, I used to work for Telstra, as, you, as many of you who listen to the podcast know. And at the time, David Thody was the CEO of the organization. And David was notorious for working at all hours because he didn't, he didn't sleep very much. He probably slept two or three hours a night. And he would be well known for sending emails at three or four o'clock in the morning. Uh, but he was very, very particular to make sure that other people with his, within his team uh, didn't necessarily, or his expectation was, I don't want you to be reading those, these, those, those emails at that time of the morning, and I certainly don't want you to be responding to them at that time of the morning. But that was the time that he was feeling the most energized, and it meant that he didn't have interruptions and he could get stuff done. That was his productivity time. So he was really, really clear on where his energy levels were. So it's a really important thing for us to do. Another classic example I saw last week was on LinkedIn, actually, a guy called Tom Panos, who, if you don't know Tom, he's a real estate um, speaker, author, and I think he's an auctioneer as well. He was talking to Mark Boris, and they were talking about productivity and how, particularly in the real estate game, how do they get the edge? How do they increase their productivity? How do they get better results? And he said he's more energized in the morning. So what he has is he has a, a like a habit or a mantra uh, and an expectation he places upon himself that he does 10 calls before 10 a.m., so 10 calls before 10 a.m. because he knows that that's when he's the most uh, energized. That's when he's the most productive. So when he does 10 calls before 10 a.m., it's it's out of the way. It's done. He sets himself up for the day, and that starts to build momentum for his business. So one of the things to think about then is where is your energy levels at? And do this exercise, and I really, really encourage you to do this because you'll know uh, intuitively when you're the most energized, but to put it on paper gives you a completely different view because then you can start planning all of your activities around when you are going to be the most productive and therefore the most energized. It also gives you fantastic evidence to then have conversations with other people about, okay, if they're expecting you to do work on certain projects, then have a conversation with them on how you're going to set up that time and you'll set the right expectations because what will happen, team, is when you when you understand your energy levels, when you then focus on the things that are really important versus the things that are urgent, and you identify what the big rocks are that you should be focused on first, and then do it at the time that your energy levels are the highest, your productivity will absolutely go through the roof. But also think about this, the byproduct of that will be you'll get more done, you'll have a sense of accomplishment, your levels of fulfillment will go up, and guess what happens to your level of confidence? That goes up as well. So as we talked about on a podcast earlier this week, we talked about the competence and confidence loop. And so the more you do this, the higher level of confidence because you're seeing progress being made. And the more you do it, the more easier it becomes, the more unconscious it becomes, and the higher of the level of competence that you actually generate. So just think about that. That's your, that's your homework for today. Have a look at where your energy levels are. Plot it out on a graph, and uh, it'll be personal for you. So don't expect yours to match anybody else's, and don't expect your team to be as productive in the times that you are because they also will have different energy levels. So it makes it a great... Uh, topic for a conversation with them to understand where they're coming from but also help to understand and set the expectations for them that you have of them but also the expectations that they have of you as well in terms of that so uh, trust that message resonates and of course key reminder if you haven't subscribed to the podcast love you to uh, press subscribe that will let me let let me let you know when new episodes are up and running and if you could do me a message favor and rate the show as well on the platform that you're listening to this podcast episode on that'd be greatly appreciated because that will allow me to let other people just like you find the podcast so uh, and continue to spread the message. And a final reminder as well is if you are committed and you believe there is another level of, of your leadership you can get to and you'd like some help with that, I'd love to work with you one-on-one. Simply go to my calendar 
leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll have a conversation about what that looks like and we'll get you uh, motoring towards being that exceptional sales leader as quickly as we possibly can. So with that, hope you have enjoyed a really, really great week. Have a phenomenal weekend and I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode on Monday of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.